listening to the Oracle of Light podcast. I am your host, Shauna DeMellon. Today, I have a very special guest with me. I have Chelsea Ola Miller, a 30-something wife, mother, and educator who has Indiana roots and a passionate spirit. Chelsea is a sappy romantic, coffee junkie, book collector, and person who wears her heart on her sleeve. She's sarcastic, full of jokes, full of tears, and enjoys writing most when life gets messy or complicated. In 2017, Chelsea's mother passed away. Through her own grief journey, she decided to take her mother's advice and share her writing with the world. One day, she gained the courage to honor her mother's wishes and write. It turned out to be one of the best decisions she's ever made. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And I just am super excited for our conversation today. Oh, I am just absolutely thrilled that you've, you um, are so gracious uh, to join me and, and share with my audience uh, everything that we were, we're going to talk about today and, and discuss. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting you a couple of months ago, and we chatted on your Facebook, uh, I want to call it a community, it's Happiness, Hope and Harsh Realities. You guys have to go and check this out. It's just an absolutely fantastic community and wealth of information and knowledge and just everything around the grieving uh, process. Would you share a little bit about your community, how it started, how it's evolved, what it, what it encompasses, everything that that is? Yeah. Um, so um, it really, I love that you call it a community because that's exactly what I call it. Um, you know, it's really a Facebook page, but it's full of all of these people that share this commonality of pain and grief. And everybody's, you know, stories look different, but we found that, you know, what started as, you know, happiness, hope, and harsh realities. My mom, like you said, passed away in 2017 and, um, she was only 57. You know, I was young and in my thirties and I, I didn't know what to do. My friends all still had parents, grandparents, and I just felt alone, even though I was surrounded by an amazing support system, you know, everybody was wonderful, but I still just felt like I was carrying this thing that nobody understood. Mm -hmm. And so I always have been a writer, but like a kind of a closet writer, you know, just sharing it with my mother, or, you know, journals and things. And so I really just started writing, um, to process my grief and to kind of figure it out. And I didn't really share it with anybody. And then, um, there was a, um, Indianapolis mom's blog was, um, asking for writers in the new year. And so I thought, I'm just going to submit a piece and see where it happens to go. And I, they ended up um, adding me as a writer. And then through there, it gave me the confidence to say, okay, this is, people are reading my work. And so this is resonating. And while it's heartbreaking that it's resonating because it's, you know, a foundation of pain, it was also, it just gave me this new purpose. And so it helped me heal. And that's what led to happiness, hope and harsh realities, um, blog and Facebook page. And it really just was my heart's work. That's kind of what I call it, you know, and I don't plan what I write. Things just happen in life or somebody will write me and say, I'm really struggling with this and it'll spark something. And so I really just took my story and my experience and tried to give a voice to people that are grieving that don't really have the exact way to say it. And, you know, so they can share my work and say, here's what I'm feeling today. And also just this safe space and community where people can come together and say, I also lost my mother or I lost my fa father or a sibling. And where we can just say, you're seen, you are recognized and we appreciate your story and we are here to help. 
whatever that means, you know? And, um, yeah, so it's just turned into such a beautiful thing. Um, I have over like 26,000 followers today. What started out with like my five family members, you know, like all of my writing. And so it's just this bittersweet, you know, thing that happened out of my loss that I'm just extremely proud of at this point, you know? Oh, absolutely. It, it is so beautiful. And I think it, uh, of course it isn't something that we would choose to be relatable with people, um, right. but it really, it really does resonate with people, you know, with even my own loss and um, you know, everyone that, that has found you through our collaboration, they just, you know, it's just, it's a safe, someone had said to me the other day, it's like a safe landing place. It's like, there's no judgment. There's no, um, you can't be here or your loss doesn't matter. Or it just, it's just, it's all inclusive. And I think that that's what's so beautiful about the energy that you've created with, with the community. I call it a community because that's, that's exactly what it looks like to me. And, and so, yeah, again, if you haven't checked it out, you need to check it out. It's, it's happiness, hope, and harsh realities on Facebook. You have to go and find it. And your writing, I find your writing is, it's from the heart and it just, it gives, it gives a voice to the pain is what I find. I find that it really does give that voice. It's, I find a lot of people, um, they kind of get stuck somewhere on that grief spectrum and it could be shock. It could be anger. It could be a myriad of different things. And I find that the words that you, you write, is just, it, it just, it's like you're holding sacred space for people with your writing. And I just think that that is so, so beautiful. And so again, you have to check it out. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. So working through, working through loss specifically around the holidays, that is something that I don't think anyone is ever prepared for. And, you know, it was interesting. I was, um, as I was getting ready for our chat today, there was this post I found on Instagram. It sort of popped up. It's from Grief Un Unfiltered, and they are absolutely fantastic. And it says, sending love to those who are grieving a loss during the holidays, homesick for family and friends, mentally and physically drained, trying to hold it all together, struggling to make magic for their kids and worried about what the future holds. And today's episode, I really wanted to explore what the future holds. Yeah. We, you know what I mean? Like there, there's been so much. And plus, I mean, we're in the midst of a pandemic. We've got so much uncertainty and chaos on the planet right now. And, you know, I think, I think in the last couple of years, and, and let me know if, if this resonates with you. I find that more people are willing to even talk about grief. I find that oh, more people are, yeah, you know, like it's just, yeah, I've had this loss and it actually, it means something to me. It doesn't have to mean something to you and it doesn't have to align with how you see things. And it's, it's, it's like your community also gives people permission to grieve and honor that grief and experience it however they need to, because, you know, grieving is messy. And yes. it's almost like we have this, you know, supposed to be, you know, I wrote about this you know, last week. It's, you know, the most magical time of the year, you know? And so there's this, well, it should be amazing. And I should, I should do this and I should do that. And, da, 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 da. and you know, my girlfriends and I were chatting the other day and I said, you know, every year there's something, there's some moment in my world where I, that I get it. There's that magical, that Christmas magic. It just, it zaps me. And I haven't felt it this year. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's really, and I don't, and I'm looking back thinking, okay, is it from my losses? Is it the expectations? Is it, you know, what is that? And it's interesting because yeah, moving into the holiday season this year, it's just kind of like, hmm, okay, 
interesting. All right. How are we going to do this? And then I thought, how do we take all of that, all the Christmas stuff, everything that December brings up, but even it starts in November, really. How do we take all of that and start to move it into the new year? I mean, while we're continuing our healing and we're continuing to grieve, you know, what, what are some ways that we can start the new year with, with new renewed hope? I think that's what we chatted about earlier. Yeah. I think, I think first, you know, like you said, everybody's like happy holidays and happy new year. And I think really what it needs to be for grieving hearts is a healing new year, whether that is your first year and you know, you're entering 2022 and this is the very first year that you're stepping into without your loved one. So it's going to look different and, or whether you're stepping into 2022 and you are in your fifth year of loss, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, the time, because each new year brings new healing, new peace, new hope, but you also have to be open for it and you have to be receptive to that. And oftentimes, you know, that does not happen quickly in a loss. You know, I'm, um, I always like to tell people I'm in the fourth year since my mother has passed. Um, but actually the fifth Christmas without her. And so I always do put a little bit of a timestamp on it because sometimes people come into me to my page or to my work at six months. And I'm like, okay, well, where I am in my journey is going to be very, very different from where you are, you know, and there is that fresh and raw and really vulnerable sense of, you know, a brand new grief. And so, um, it will look different, but I think if we approach the new year with, you know, this is going to be a healing new year for me. And what does that look like? And how do I want to feel, you know, and maybe even setting, um, you know, I don't really like resolutions. I like goals. That's kind of where the older I get, the more I like um, to use the word goal. And so set some goals this year about what do you want your, your grief journey to look like? You know, where, where do you want things to change? You know, if you're really stuck in a place of pain, how can you shift that to either give your pain a new purpose or to honor it in a way that allows you to release it, you know, and also to remember that this is a brand new year and this is a legacy that you've been gifted. And so whether it's a legacy of a parent or a child or, you know, any relative special friend, you know, you have been gifted this legacy and you're not always ready to carry that at first. And you're not always willing to do something with it yet, but maybe this is going to be your year. You know, how will you show others this story and this love that you were blessed with? And maybe it's, you know, writing in a journal, maybe it's sharing pictures, maybe it's, you know, um, donating to a charity, you know, or something different, you know, set some goals and some hopes that you have specific to your grief. You know, everybody does it for jobs and for wishes and things that they want, but I don't think very often do they say, okay, I'm grieving. I'm hurting. I'm in a place of pain. How, what are my goals for this, you know, this specific Mm -hmm. thing. And so it may sound silly to some to create, you know, those grief goals, but I really think that, you know, when you acknowledge the pain and the path that you're on, you take away some of its power and you gain power to, you know, kind of manipulate the path that you're on. Grief is a journey. It's a long lasting thing. And so you need to really decide which road you want to go on and, and how to go, you know, what, what you need to do. And also just be so patient with yourself because you might set some goals. And in the first week, you know, you're, 
a mess and you're not sure that you can hit them again. And that's okay. You know, just set those goals and those, um, you know, hopes that you have for how to continue on this new year without the person that you loved so, so deeply. I love, I love, I love everything that you just shared. I love (laughs) that, that you've been gifted a legacy and, and how do you want to, um, you know, share this love and share that experience. And and what do you want to do with that? I love that. I love that. You know, it's almost like when we start the new year and I'm not a big resolutions person either. Sometimes I'll look at things and think, okay, where can I maybe tighten this up? Or maybe I can add some more things here. Or what does that look like? I just sort of look at how can I polish some things up or or make things even more um, fun or amazing. Um, And I love how you said that, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like a lot of people that I've, I've worked with over the years, they feel like there's this dark cloud that's illuminating this dark cloud that sort of follows them around with their grief. And it's almost like giving themselves permission to have hope and giving themselves permission to, okay, I'm going to honor my grief where it's at, what it's going to look like. And we chatted about this earlier. It's messy. You know, there, there were days where I I just couldn't function after I lost my son. It was like, I I don't want to, and there were days where I just didn't want to be here anymore either. It was like, no, I want, I don't want to be here either. If he's not here, I don't want to be here. And so it brings up so much, but you're right. You get to choose what that's going to look like. And, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, that suffering is a choice you know, we can get up and we can choose to suffer. I always tell people, it's like, you get up in the morning and you get to put on your hat for the day. Are you putting on the suffering hat? Are you putting on the angry hat? Are you putting on, you know, mom hat? Like what, what hat are you wearing? And, you know, there are a multitude of hats. I don't, some people call them masks. I call them hats. I'm like, let's call them a hat. You know, we're just going to kind of put on this different persona for the day. And I find grief is, um, I find grief most people think of it as, as something ugly, something they don't want to talk about, something that just needs to go away. You just need to get over it. You need to get through it. We just, you know, just, and a lot of people sort of brush it under the rug. They put it on the back burner and it's just until we acknowledge it and carry it, however we need to carry it and let it just work through us and, you know, help us to heal. And, you know, it's, you never get over things, right? Like we've talked about this before as well. You never really get over it. I mean, there are still days, I mean, Jack would have been eight this year and there are still days when I'll see like a little eight-year-old running around and it's just like, my heart will catch and it'll just be just for that brief moment. Like that's eight years, right? Like, and it's, this could be a fresh, a fresh loss in this, this last year. This could be something like you've said, three, four or five years. This could be something from 20 years ago. And so it's, I love, I love the idea of the legacy I love the idea of how do you want to feel? I think that is so important. There was a day when I remember thinking, wow, I don't want to feel this, this, this heavy heartbreak anymore. There's got to be something else I can do with this. And even with my background, like I, I call it my spiritual toolbox. There was one day where I took the whole thing and dumped it out. And it was like, there was nothing. It was like, oh my God gosh, what am I going to do? Who can I reach out to? What, what, what? And I always tell people, you know, stay in question because that brings in the universal energies, whatever that looks like for you. And so I kept saying, you know, what will it take to feel better? What will it take to not be crying every day? What will it take? What will it take? And then it was, okay, well, you need to reach out to this person and you need to start processing it in a different way. And I love writing. I also write. And so the writing would just process it and just sort of, you know, just let it release. And, you know, and when people resonate with that work, again, that, 
that inspires you. It's like, okay, there's, there's, this is touching people. This is my legacy is spreading out into the world through my writing. And that's just absolutely beautiful. I love that. I love it, love it, love it. And I love the idea of, of giving new hope. You know, I mean, we've been through, I mean, just these last couple years, we've been through so much you know, with the pandemic and everything that's gone on and the uncertainty, and it's still continuing and no one knows really what that's going to look like. Then you add on our grief and you add on the different losses. And, you know, for a lot of people, it's, it's a whole new identity after that, that person, that loved one is gone. It's okay. Who am I without that person? Right. You know, all the dreams and the hopes and, and they're not here for this and they're not here for that. And, and it's just, it's sort of like, it's like we're recalibrating on a soul level and yes. that can be incredibly overwhelming. I mean, we can drink it away, shop it away, eat it away. <laughs> you know, there's so many different ways to sort of brush it aside, but I love, I love the idea of just giving that new hope and, and how do we set that? And I love the idea of goals as well. I also see them as targets. So then if I don't miss it, I didn't, I, I missed the target. So, right. so that- well, and also back to what you said too, is that, you know, it is a shift and you grief changes you, you are different. And I always tell people, you know, you are different and you're going to remain different. Like you, someone, you know, I get emails all the time from people that will say, how do I get back to that person? Ah. And I'll say, well, for me, I can't get back to that person. That person had a mom. I don't have a mother anymore. I am, I am different. I am physically, spiritually, emotionally different. And so I can't be that person again. And I know who I am now. I'm still changing, you know, and is it sad? You know, there are parts of me that I always wonder, like, you know, my mother doesn't know this version of me, you know, this is a new version. And so there is, it's a bittersweet, again, you know, for lack of a better word, transition. But at the same time, I know that, you know, this has changed me in critical, critical ways. And some of them are absolutely devastating. And some of them are brilliant. And of course, would I change it all and go back and have my mother? Yes, but that is not an option. So what I need to do is take what is left take what is remain, you know, what remains and I need to build something with it. And my choice is this, you know, what do I build with? Am I going to build like what you said? Am I going to build with the anger and the jealousy because nobody talks about that, you know, and the fear, is that what I want to build upon? Or do I want to build upon her love and her light? And do I want to resemble those things, you know, and often when I'm stuck in those places, you know, I think, okay, I'm going to, miss her, you know, immensely, but now I'm going to, I'm going to lead with what she led with, which was hope and light and love and all these beautiful things. And it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes, you know, I've written about crying in the supermarket and, you know, grief just overwhelming me. And there are times like that, but I think at the end of the day, what ends up allowing me to stand up again and to pick myself up and find hope again is just saying, okay, either she's watching this and I need to make her proud or others are watching this and I need to make her proud through them. And that sometimes can help, you know, shift into new things, who I am now, who I'm going to be. And just the hope that I can build something, you know, beautiful with what remains, you know. I love that. I so love that. And, you know, and from, from a medium's perspective, 
I see our loved ones on the other side as they become our, our, our greatest fans. They become our greatest cheerleaders. They are rooting for our success. I remember, um, was it Oprah or Brene Brown? I think it was Oprah. She said, you want to surround yourself with people who are rooting for your success. And that also includes our loved ones. They're just not here in their physical body with us. And of course that's different. I mean, you know, some people have said over the years, well, you know, what's the big deal? You can connect with your son, big, big deal. I can't smell his outside smell when he comes in. I can't hold him. I can't feel him kissing me. You know what I mean? Like there's, there are the physical aspects that we're not able to experience. And I love, love, love how you said you can choose to build something with it, or you can choose to be angry. You can choose to be jealous. Oh, that is huge. And I think that is, wow, that's, that's huge. Like, I think that that could be a whole other episode on its own, but just absolutely right. And just for today's conversation, I mean, I think that it's, um, I think the jealousy is, is something that people, they don't, I don't think they really realize that it's there. You know what I mean? Like, I think, um, I, I've read for so many families over the years and, and, you know, certain family members won't go to, um, their spouse, their family functions because, they have their parents or they have that person and they don't have that person anymore. So they just, they just, they get angry. And I find, and, and you'll, you'll understand what I mean by this, that underneath the anger, there's hurt. Oh, it's never just the jealousy. Anger. And you know what I mean? It's never the anger. It's just, there's something more bubbling up over that. And so I think what, what I love around our conversation today is, is, is people choosing choosing to look at this from a different perspective, choosing to, I always say, how can I use this to my advantage? How can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I, how can I help people? How can I be in service? How can, how can my loss help other people? And how can I shine that light brighter? And what can that look like? And I think you can't change or fix something you don't acknowledge. So, you know, stepping into the new year if you know that you're not going to family functions because of maybe you don't want to call it jealousy because honestly, our world is, you know, that I love Brene Brown. She talks about shame, but jealousy is one of those things where people are so ashamed of it. And it's known as this like bad emotion and feeling. So we don't tell people why well, I'm feeling jealous because, oh my gosh, what does that say about us? Yes. But if you give it, you know, I always tell my kids and, you know, my husband and I, we always give our emotions a voice and a name and we say what it is. And that can really help you. You know, if you know that in 2021, you really struggled with going to other places because you were jealous, they have their mother, they have a child, they have these things. Well, you know, if you're really wanting to change, you can't change it if you don't acknowledge it. And so let's say, Hey, you know, husband or friend, it's really hard for me to go here because I'm feeling jealous and what people don't ever really acknowledges that you're not jealous because you don't want them to have it. You, you don't have hate in your heart for them or, mm. you know, resentment in your heart. What you actually feel is you want it to, yes. and you can't have it. And that's okay. You should not feel shame around that because that is natural. And every grieving person feels that, you yes. know? And so, but if you want to have this new, you know, healing into the new year, we have to acknowledge those feelings, even when the world tells us that we should feel shame or guilt or, you know, um, any of these negative things, because really grief is like you said, it's messy. And it's just this chaotic hurricane of good and bad and crazy emotions. And really we just have to acknowledge them and feel them all, you know, before we can 
get, and you're going to, you know, just because you're on this journey of healing and recovery and acceptance and, you know, learning how to live with grief, it doesn't mean that, you know, 